Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Big Bad Toy Store, where you can pre-order the newest waves of Hasbro Marvel Universe, Marvel Legends, and Marvel Movie Action Figures. With foreign toys, high-end statues, prop replicas, hot toys, and more, Big Bad Toy Store is the first stop for Marvel collectors. Plus, check out their other great toys and collectibles and use their pile of loot to save on shipping. Find it all at BigBadToyStore.com. Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Hello and welcome to issue 83 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And this is Justin. We have a big show for you this week. We have Jerry joining us with a timely review. We're going to be looking at some Marvel Select figures. We're going to be looking at some Hasbro Iron Man Legends. But to start it off, let's talk about something that went on sale in... Sales to Astonish! Marvelicious Toys sponsor Big Bad Toy Store... Put up for pre-order the latest Bowen items, including a new Thor statue, the Thor Strikedown statue. It's pretty cool looking. There's a lot of movement in this piece. Here's the problem. I love this piece. The cape with the way it's flowing up, it just adds such dynamicness to it. If that's a word, it probably isn't. The way the hammer's coming down, the lightning, the rock breaking, the hair. Oh, the hair. Gorgeous piece. The problem is I just ordered hammer-throwing bow and Thor, and my question is, how Thor can I be? <laughs> how Thor is too much Thor? There is a line. I'm not sure where it is. I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, is he your character focus, Arnie, or is this just a random collection you've got going on? He's not my character focus. I like the character, but if I have a character focus, I would have to say it's Hulk and Ghost Rider, and maybe Savage Land Rogue. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like they really know how to make kick-ass Thor stuff, because I've got the Kotobukiya Thor... We've got the Master Replica's Journey into Mystery cover replica Thor. There's the Sideshow Premium Format movie Thor. There's the Hot Toys Thor. I'm starting to feel like I'm living in Gold's Gym. (laughs) I've held off on Strike Down Thor for now. If I'd known about Strike Down Thor, I might not have ordered Swinging Hammer Thor. Yeah, I can see that. Not being a statue collector myself, this one catches my eye a little bit more than... A lot of statues, because like you said, it's got quite a bit of movement in it. I mean, his cape and hair, like you said, moving up while he's coming down. I mean, for a static piece, there's a lot of movement in it, which is impressive. Yeah, Bowen comes out with so much stuff that we have trouble talking about all of it. We do bring up the pieces that really impress us. This is one that really impressed me, and it is up for pre-order now at BigBadToyStore.com. It is expected to ship in October, and Bowen usually is pretty good about that. You can head to their Statue Marvel forums to get all kinds of updates on it. But Big Bad Toy Store has a lot of Bowen in stock if that is your collecting focus for statues. And in case you're wondering, next episode or the one after, we really will do our statue look back. What's happened is, if you've been following us on Facebook, you've seen I've been building a new recording studio and putting a lot of statues up in it. And I just want to get more of them out. So they are here to display when we do that. We have gotten some great voicemails from some of you with your statue focus, Bowen, Gentle Giant, Sideshow, Diamond. So keep those coming in. Send us MP3s to show at MarveliciousToys.com or leave us a voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4. This just in. News from the web! Plus, there's been more news of San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Last week we postulated, is there a Deadpool set coming at the Hasbro booth? Well, Funko has announced, get this, Funko will be having 
57 exclusive pop vinyls at San Diego Comic-Con. What? That's too many. I tend to agree. Now, they're not all Marvel. Thank the Lord. Yeah, I kind of panicked because you put that on our spreadsheet, and you put 57 Funko bobbleheads, and I'm like, what? (laughs) But just like any other collection, there's people who collect nothing but pop vinyl. So you're going to tell me that there's 57 pieces that these guys have to track down? They're actually, for those people, doing something very cool. Because we know a couple. Tanya Tate, who we interviewed on the show, has a big collection of pop vinyl and other vinyl items. <laughs> Agnes Grabowska, who did a gorgeous piece of art for us, is a huge pop vinyl collector. If you need all 57, this would normally cost you 950 bucks. Mm. If you... Pre-buy them from Funko. They'll give them to you for $799 and free shipping. Well, there you go. That's something cool right for the people who need to get these. It's a pretty penny, but it's a cool gesture. It is. It's certainly not what I'm going to engage in. They won't tell us what they are, but they'll hint at them. But, like, one of the hints is this flocked wacky wobbler is waka waka waka. That has to be Fozzie Bear. Yes, and they did a flocked version like they did the flocked beast. And then, based on that, when they say that a wacky wobbler stems from mayhem, I'm thinking the electric mayhem, perhaps. Maybe Dr. T. Oh, yeah. They talk about Disney pop, video game heroes. But I've narrowed it down to perhaps ten Marvel pops. I'm still hoping that that number is actually cut in half. But because 10 is still 150 or more in pop vinyls. Yeah, 15 bucks a pop. (laughs) (laughs) This could be a fun game, though, if you wanted to spend some time on this this website trying to guess what each one of them is. And I did, for our listeners' sake, trying to figure out which ones might be Marvel. For example, a truly patriotic metallic wobbler. That could very well be Captain America or Iron Patriot in Metallic Sheen. It also could be Uncle Sam, so who knows? I was going to say, it could be Fozzie with an Uncle Sam hat. (laughs) It it could be (laughs) Sam the Eagle. Hey. A superhero from the 1960s in Metallic, again, could be Marvel, could be DC. Probably Batman. This extremely popular Marvel pop goes Metallic. Well, we know that one is. A mighty glowing pop. Well, mighty Thor. So could there be a glow-in-the-dark Thor? Why would you need a glow-in-the-dark Thor, though? Ghost Rider makes sense. They did glow-in-the-dark Deadpool. All bets are off. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. They have one of four, two of four, three of four, four of four. Is that Fantastic Four? Oh, no. Where did you see that? Oh. Uh, Number 34 through 37. But that says metallic mayhem pop style. Again, I'm kind of thinking electric mayhem, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's the Fantastic Four. The word mayhem is throwing me. Yeah. It's not capitalized, so I don't know if they're talking about the band or what, but uh, full of speculation this list is. Then there's a superhero pop with an alternate uniform that is top secret, with top secret all capitalized. Secret squirrel. A superhero pop unmasked, a wingman pop unmasked as well. Could the wingman be Falcon, who's going to be Captain America's wingman in the first Avenger? I'm, I'm stretching on that one a little bit, but... Little bit. I think this year's kind of big for the 60s Batman series for DC fans, with some exclusive I've seen coming around. So I think a few of these might be some classic TV series Batman type of references as well. Well, in that case, wingman could mean Robin, huh? Yep. Or Goose from Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) Totally Goose from Top Gun. (laughs) You can bobble my head anytime. (laughs) You can bobble mine. (laughs) Cyber high five. (laughs) And then there's an ever-changing superhero with new spots and blood. So there's a lot of superheroes in there. We're going to have to possibly get much closer to the event, but I never even knew they did exclusive pop vinyls at Comic-Con. They've been driving me nuts. There's a Loki that we missed last year because I just didn't know, and it goes for 130 bucks on eBay, and that's a price too high even for the cool. Ouch. But I gotta wonder how many exclusives is too many exclusives. Because that many? there's more pop vinyl exclusives. Apparently, I think I need to contact Funko and see about getting a Marvelicious Toys Funko Pop exclusive. <laughs> 
because the C2E2 exclusive wasn't really just exclusive to the con. It was exclusive to one of the comics dealers at the con. And now Conquest Comics, and admittedly, I don't know every comic dealer out there, but Conquest Comics has two exclusive Phoenix pop vinyls. There's White Phoenix and then Glow-in-the-Dark White Phoenix. Interesting. Keeping up with just the Marvel pop vinyl exclusives is becoming a full-time gig. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just their offerings this year. Can you imagine going backwards and trying to fill in holes? Already done. Damn you, Loki. (laughs) Only Loki is the bad one. The rest were all at retail, believe it or not. Wow. But there weren't that many before. Keep in mind, they only had like 10 or 12 molds for Marvel figures until this year. And they've only been doing Marvel pop vinyls for a short time. So I think last year might have been the first Comic-Con exclusives. But now they're just going nuts with that Hot Topic Deadpool exclusive. We actually went to a Hot Topic looking for one. Yeah, that did not end well. (laughs) Did you have to kill a few emos? The clerk told us it's probably coming with the movie in a few months. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is playing him. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to track him down and go see that movie together because I want to see what world he's living in. (laughs) So we will keep you apprised of that, but why don't we look at stuff that's actually shipping and actually out? We got our Iron Man Legends Series 2. Justin, you found those at which store? Well, I've seen Remnants at Walmart and Target and have yet to see Ultron yet, but I was lucky enough to get him from Big Bad Toy Store about a month ago when we ordered them. So they they are showing up out there. It's just a matter of if you get there in time to, to clear the pegs out. And I've seen them at stores, but because these weren't expected to ship until August, and my thinking, and it sounds perfectly logical even in hindsight, is if these didn't ship until August, the stores would be so full of stale Wave 1 figures that Wave 2 may never be seen. So I went ahead and I ordered that Wave at Big Bad Toy Store even before they were a sponsor of our show. And I have them in minty, fresh condition from Big Bad Toy Store, wonderfully packed. Oh, yeah. Now, I think we talked a little bit about them. We didn't totally review them, but we did talk about how on the back it shows the full lineup now because the first three had the last three blacked out. So now the back reveals that Mark 42 is figure number four, which comes with the right arm to finish up the comic Ironmonger. And comic Ultron is number five. And he comes with the head. And figure six is Iron Patriot. I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes with left arm. But on the back of that package, I believe you mentioned it, Arnie, they show the comic book art or the illustration is the Mark II War Machine pre-Iron Patriot colors, just the gunmetal gray and silver. Yeah, I still think that variant is coming along with, we know, a Mandarin, so we know that there's more Legends coming. Now, maybe Comic-Con exclusives, maybe variants shipping in later waves, but I think that there's more to this than was announced at Toy Fair. Yeah, we still don't know where that Mandarin is coming. Like you said, it could end up being just an exclusive instead of a continuation of this line. But let's take a look at these guys, because I finally had a chance to open mine up and... I got to tell you, I'm not disappointed with the articulation on the new figures. They've really kept the quality up on these as they have been doing with Marvel Legends in general. And these have come a long way from just even the the Iron Man 1 6-inch figures, which was the whole line. If you remember, there was no 3 and 3 quarter inch until Iron Man 2. But I got to say, there's lots of detail sculpted in here. The paint apps, for being only two or three colors of paint, are very well done. He looks really nice. He's got good color. You can see their articulation, which is unavoidable, I think. And I wonder if part of the stellar review we're giving this is because we are lacking anything that has articulation. Which I'm not saying he's bad, but let's face it, we're in the dark times. But I have to give this paint app some serious props. Like you say, Justin, for something that has, I think, four colors, if the arc reactor and eyes are indeed different colors, which they look like they are on mine... Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of black in the eye to help it darken it up, but yes. But I think that this is a representation of the Mark 42 armor that 
it's not entirely movie accurate in the shades in that this actually would look fine amongst my other Marvel Legends figures. It wouldn't stick out. I kind of thought that the colors on the movie Mark 42 were a little bit dull, and this one seems to pop a little more, especially the red. It's kind of a maroon. It is, and... I always see these different than what I do in the movie, mainly because the movie has such beautiful, beautiful, like, candy apple red and, like, almost like a shiny car finish. And I never expect the action figures to look like that. This one has a good shiny finish, and every once in a while they get, like, the right candy apple red for some of them. Yeah, this one this one is toyed up a little bit on the color palette. It's a little bit more hued up and saturated than, than the movie. One little paint detail that I think really helps this figure out, which they didn't do on any of the previous ones, was they put a little bit of black paint in the mouth slit. Is that what he calls it in the movie? Yeah. Kiss, kiss me on the mouth slit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> But it really adds just that little extra oomph of detail that makes this figure awesome. And if I'm looking at it right, it looks like there's a little bit of black just around the edges of the eye, too, which makes the glowing effect pop that much more. Yeah, absolutely right. I see both on mine as well. So all in all, I think it's a great figure. It's got, you know, double hinged elbows, the ball joint hips, double hinged knees, rocker ankles, and it's even got the wrists that bend in and out and swivel. So it's fully articulated and you can get him into some good poses. One little gripe I have, and I think it's kind of across all of these with the exception of Ultron, the way they're packing them in, packaging them in the in the bubble, they're trying to do a nice dynamic pose again, and it's warping the figure. I had to dip both Iron Patriot and Mark Forty Two into boiling water just to reset his leg because it was so bowed from being in that wacky position they packaged him in. It's Cowboy Iron Man. <laughs> and that's unusual that that would happen with. I would not expect that to happen with an action figure this big. If it was one of those assemblers, I could very easily buy that if it was in the package funky, you've got to boil and pop. But I would think that this would be a little bit more sturdy. Well, the warping is occurring in like the knee joints where the plastic is a little bit softer. So I don't know. It was It's pretty easy just to reset it with some boiling hot water and a little bit of time. But just a little bit annoying that you have to do that with a brand new figure. But... Speaking of assemblers, it looks like they might have used a little bit of an assembler mold. There's a nice peg hole on the arm where I can put that interchangeable weapon, right? <laughs> that's not a peg hole. That's actually the articulation hole. Is that what the kids are calling it nowadays? <laughs> put it up your articulation hole. All right. <laughs> the next figure, strangely, may be my favorite of the wave. And he's the hard-to-find one, but Ultron. He's the coolest, though, because he looks like a mad metallic fly. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys explain why, because I'm not feeling it. I don't understand why people are going crazy over this figure, why it's so exciting. I, let's hear it. What I like about him is the figure, the stuff they've done with this figure, with the glowing orange eyes and the red mouth. Remember, we got him last year in Marvel Universe, and they did this weird green thing with him. And we're kind of like, well, that's different. He's known for being red. And to see him here and the scowl they've given the eyes, yeah, I mean, it's iconic Ultron, but it is also of that era. I mean, he was created back in the 60s, and he really has that retro feel with his antennae and just the different shades of silver. He's got a grayish silver and then a bluish silver wash to him and the little orange on the shoulder pauldrons. This one, I mean, he has absolutely nothing to do with Iron Man 3, but he's a kick-ass figure. Maybe he was in a cutscene. <laughs> I bet Lego has a figure of him somewhere. <laughs> and I can completely appreciate everything you guys are saying there. I'm not dinging this as a figure and maybe not even dinging it as a figure choice. It's just, to me, it is screaming repaint. All I can see is that titanium man that we got in the Iron Man 2 line, the green and gunmetal gray version. It's the exact same body. The only thing that's new here is the head and shoulders, which, I mean, it works well. It works well, but I tell you what, it's a good problem to have that in a wave of three figures that the biggest thing I can complain about is, is that this figure isn't awesome as the other two. And I think he's my favorite just because of the striking face he has. But 
I gotta say, the last figure, Iron Patriot, I call Ultron my favorite because when I see him, I get a big smile. But Iron Patriot, if they go on sale for $10 in my area, I'm going to be picking up one to put on my desk at work. Because this one, the red, the silver, the blue, the articulation, the pose, kick ass. Yeah, they just nailed it with this figure. I mean, Jeff mentioned it in our in our last podcast talking about this figure. He he brought up the blue plastic that it's cast in, which is an excellent metallic looking blue, which is very impressive because it's slightly different than the metallic blue plastic that Ironmonger is cast in. Yeah, this is fantastic because they captured the whole Patriot essence of the Iron Patriot. It's just it's phenomenal paint job. The colors are right. The sheen is right. It's Looks like it could be a metal figure. I like how they did the silver, too. For some reason, they got the silver right. Seriously, he almost has a die-cast look. They did so well mm-hmm. on this paint. They really did. The whole thing is metallic feeling. And the the one little complaint I might have is that they could have put a little more detail into his shoulder cannon. Because there's no paint or anything on it. It's just straight black plastic. But the one nice thing about that is is that you can mount it behind either shoulder. It's just pegged on there, and there's two different holes on the back of his his shoulder plate, I guess. And you can mount it on either side, and it swivels, and it's hinged. There's quite a bit of articulation in the in the gun itself. Just needs a little bit of silver paint or something on there to, to liven it up. Pick up a spare and add the paint. Might just. But you talk about detail. This is the first figure I can recall that has such a detailed paint app that if you look at his left shoulder, they painted his name on. Oh, yeah. On the chest plate. Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes. Look at the eyes on Arnie. How are you reading that? That's impressive. That is some small print. But it's little details like that all over him. He's got the star on his left forearm and a FF something on his left shoulder. And looking at this, I don't think there's a single reused part on this figure. Every part of this thing is unique to this sculpt. Yeah. I mean... Ultron's my favorite figure of the wave, but this is the figure that impresses me most. And the more I've thought about it, the more I think you're right, Justin. This is my iconic symbol from Iron Man 3. The Mark 42 and I, we just didn't hit it off. I kind of like his friend. (laughs) Not from lack of trying, though. I mean, (laughs) Mark 42's been hitting on you. He's come on to you twice in a less articulated version. (laughs) Then finally a full articulated version. Showed me all his holes in the assembler. <laughs> yeah, having this figure in hand and being very happy with it just makes me all the more excited for the hot toy coming down the line in the fall. You pre-order? I certainly did. I'm excited. And with him, we now have what we were teased at Comic-Con last year, Ironmonger. Comic Ironmonger. And if you got the very difficult-to-find... Iron Man 2 Iron Monger and 3 and 3 quarter inch. This is an exact replica of that, just in the 6 inch scale. That was a fun figure, too. I love that one from the Iron Man 2 line. Oh, yeah. Very much feels like, you know, the Hulkbuster that came in that line. A nice bulky chunk of plastic with good articulation. But, yeah, this does not disappoint. I mean, we've seen the pieces and parts for months now. We've had legs and a torso, but no head and arms. And we had talked about earlier how... Might end up being a little shorter than than we had hoped. I think I'm over that now. I mean, it's it's still a good height. It's a good size. That's what they say when it's too small. <laughs> too small for your six inch, but perfect for your three and three quarter inch. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's probably what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to treat him the same way I treat the six inch Ironmonger movie figure, and he's he displays with my three and three quarter inch Iron Man perfectly. He's not too big for the three and three quarters. He might be slightly, slightly on the large size, but to be honest with you, he's nowhere near being big enough for the six inch scale. I think he's closer to the three and three quarter inch size. Yeah, because as we've often said, the size of these things change so radically, comic to comic even. I'm cool putting him up there with my legends. I think he's a little too wide for the three and three quarter inch. I think he's a good height, but he's just a little too wide. And I think they did a good job of making the Iron Man 2 Ironmonger big. You know, they did that. The Hulkbuster, the Ironmonger, Thanos. Every so often we get one of those nice, big, chunky three and three quarter inch figures. Yeah, very true. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you can display him however you want. It's it's a good figure. 
And I guess the only complaint I would have is that it's underscaled to a certain degree. But at the same time, I don't know how much bigger you can get in a six-figure build-a-figure wave. Yeah. It's no fin fang foom, you know? Sadly, I do know. Sadly, I do. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to finish that collection off a little bit early. Like you said, it was it was originally slated for August, which would have been a long time to wait in between having half of an Ironmonger to finish up. Well, with Iron Man 3 making over $1 billion in worldwide, they got to keep these legends coming because the assemblers, I just don't see them cutting it. I have never been in a toy aisle and seen somebody walk out with an assembly. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love for Hasbro to, you know, maybe do another fan poll and ask us if we were only going to get three more Iron Man armors from Iron Man 3, let us pick them as fans. You know, I'd love to get my hands on a Heartbreaker, the space armor. You know, there's you could make a whole whole fan pull out of that. I want the heavy lifting arm. Yeah, that was pretty cool too. See, I don't want to pick just three. <laughs> you said three. <laughs> okay, Hasbro, six more. Screw it, ten more. <laughs> Listen, let's let's not be unreasonable. Why don't we just say thirty-four more? There you go. And we'll allow about a dozen of them to be repaints. Yep. I have the Art of Iron Man book. I have all of them. There's a lot of repaints in that list. <laughs> yes, there are. I've seen pictures of that book online now, and I've spent some time looking at the armors, and I think that'd be pretty good. Just leak them out slowly over the next couple of years. We'll be happy with that. Or Justin may have to start customizing Hot Toys. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rich man's game. <laughs> that is a rich man's game. That's a fool's errand. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go from the newest of toys to the oldest of toys, Jerry is joining us this week with a look back at the Marvel toys of yesterday. Let's turn back the clock for Timely Reviews. Hey everyone, Jerry here with another segment of Timely Reviews. First, I want to share a bit of what I've been up to with my personal collecting. Let me start with a great shopping trip recently at Target. I went in there the other day to pick up a few items, and I decided to go over and check out the Iron Man 3 figures. I've been searching for that second wave of Iron Man 3 Legends, you know, the one with the Mark 42, the Iron Patriot, and the Ultron. A, wanted to get my hands on those two figures that were for, actually from the movie, but also wanted to complete my Ironmonger figure because I had bought the first wave. I actually hadn't been in this Target for a couple days, and when I walked down the aisle, I saw the Mark 42 action figure. I was pretty excited, but at the same time, a little upset at myself, because like I said, I hadn't been in this Target for a few days, and I was afraid that I had probably taken too much time in between visits, because it looked like that this new wave had pretty much been put on the shelf and had already been picked over. But when I grabbed the Mark 42 figure, I saw the Iron Patriot behind it. So I was pretty excited to actually find the two figures from the movie, but it still left me needing a head for my Ironmonger figure. So, a little upset, I walked around the store, looked at some other things, caught up with my wife, told her about the figures I found. So, for some reason, I can't even explain. On the way out, I decided to go back down that toy aisle, and I walked past it. I stopped, and I looked at the Iron Man 3 figures, and I even said out loud to my wife, you know, that Ultron has got to be here somewhere. And as if it was calling to me, I went down to the bottom shelf, took two of those Iron Man sonic blasting toys out of the way, and sure enough, someone hid an Ultron figure right behind those. I couldn't believe that that figure was actually there behind, and for some reason, I went right to it. So I'm really excited because I got the two figures from those waves I really, really wanted, and I was able to build my Ironmonger. So the Mark 42 and the Iron Patriot figure tie a little bit into what I actually want to talk about today with my timely review. You see, I decided recently to finally go forward with a little redesign work in my home theater room. I have a few movie and TV posters up, like Star Wars, Rocky, Psych, and even Grease. Well, that one's for my wife. Oh, heck, who am I kidding? We go together like Rama Lama Lama Kadinga Dining Dong. But see, I've always wanted to go all out. Back in 2008, my wife and I visited this annual tour of high-end homes in Cincinnati called Homerama. Basically, really overpriced houses with expensive and lavish rec rooms. But there was one house in particular that just had an amazing theater room. First, it was actually decorated like a theater. 
totally look like a legitimate theater with, let's say, 24 seats instead of a few hundred. But the really cool part was the life-size statues of famous movie characters that adorned the side walls of the theater. There was a life-size Spider-Man with a Tobey Maguire costume, a Michael Keaton Batman, Rocky Balboa, a Terminator 2 Arnold Schwarzenegger, Darth Vader, Yoda, and Indiana Jones. I looked at my wife and said to her, wow, they designed a theater room specifically for me. So I was determined to capture this feel in some way. Of course, I knew I was never going to have the space nor the funds to get one-to-one scale models of these characters, but I was going to go decorate it somehow. So my first instinct was to go to the one-six scale figures from Sideshow. At this time, they had many Star Wars characters available and also were doing lines like Indiana Jones, Rocky, Terminator, and even some Bruce Lee figures. Seemed like the way to go, but by the time I wrapped my mind around really doing this, many of these figures were long out of stock and going for a pretty penny on eBay. Well, then Hot Toys grabbed my attention. I mean, come on, you can't work around here without that being the case. So I actually ended up buying the Hot Toys Captain America from the first Avenger film and the Michael Keaton Batman from Sideshow. And I have to admit, although I thought these figures were amazing, I really just couldn't see myself spending $200 per figure to complete this. So I sold those two figures off and shelved the idea for a while. Until now. So now my plan is to cleverly lay out movie posters with shelves featuring Marvel Select and Marvel Legend figures. What really pushed me on this was the announcement of the Star Wars Black Series. Now if you're not familiar with that line, these figures are coming out this summer and they're basically Hasbro's Legends figures for Star Wars. I actually at some point expected them to call it that since Hasbro is pretty famous for cookie cutting their concept across brands. So that got me to thinking, with a new 6-inch Star Wars line, I could do something consistent between my Marvel figures and Star Wars. Now I'll get into how this project plays out in future segments. But the toy hunting involved with picking up some Hasbro Marvel Legend figures got me thinking of what all Hasbro's done with the Marvel license since acquiring it in 2006. Now, as you may imagine, my movie poster action figure displays are going to heavily feature Avengers toys. So I decided to start shopping for all my favorite Hasbro legend scale figures from the Avenger films. My first purchase was the Marvel Legend Incredible Hulk figure that was exclusive to Target from the Edward Norton film in 2008. I found that they were going for $30, $40 on eBay, and I wasn't too interested in paying that. But it really didn't take me long to find someone selling one for $25 shipped. I really liked the look of the figure and the packaging and bought it at that price. I got them in the mail last week, and upon opening it, I just I had this odd feeling that I already had this figure. But I know I didn't buy any Incredible Hulk movie toys at the time. But there was a telltale sign. See, the shoulders on the back of this figure are very odd. You can't tell it from the front, but if you look at the back and you pose Hulk's arms a certain way, you create these large gaping holes in what would be the figure's shoulder blades, but instead, you see straight into the figure. Ah, I did have this figure. It is the exact same body, arms, and legs as the Toy Biz Hulk Legends figure way back in Series 1 from 2002. This was the one that had the white shirt variant available as, as well as a variant on the finger. See, one version had these flexible, bendable fingers, and the other version had fingers kind of articulated at the what I call the punching knuckles. Now, that got me thinking about some of the whole... Toy Biz to Hasbro transition. Now, as I said earlier, it was announced in 2006 that the license was going to Hasbro. Their first figures in market in 2007 were from the Spider-Man 3 movie line, followed shortly by a movie line of figures for Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Now, recall that the Spider-Man 3 line was a bit controversial and that the scale was completely new. Those figures were only about five inches tall. Now, not completely new in the sense that they had never been used on Marvel before, but they certainly hadn't been used in a long time. For an old school Toy Biz fan like me, I didn't mind this too much, but it obviously didn't match the figures that Toy Biz made for Spider-Man's 1 and 2. Those figures were generally 6 to 7 inches in height. So, to add insult to injury, Hasbro actually made figures from all three films. Nice to create some consistency, but some figures like the movie Doc Ock had really poor articulation, very little design detail, and just some piss poor action features. And, well, let's just say I hope you like your Venom purple. Now, they did introduce the concept of comic-based figures mixed in with the movie line, which gave it some variety, and I, I think that's generally a concept that we very much enjoy today in all of our movie lines. Now, all that said, I thought the figures of Spider-Man himself were excellent. Very nice articulation, some good details on the figures, but figure by figure, the line wasn't very consistent. They kind of made up for this with a Walmart-exclusive wave of Spider-Man movie-themed legend figures. See, in 2007, we continued to get five waves of legend figures, including the Spider-Man set. In this wave, you got characters
characters from all three films. But again, if you look at them, you'll see that they reused molds of Toy Biz figures. The Green Goblin was lifted straight from the 2002 movie line, the Doc Ock from the 2004 line, as well as the regular blue and red Spider-Man figure. I'm guessing the black costume Spider-Man was also repaint, but I can't confirm that. I never actually owned that figure to see what all it's made out of. So... Let me leave you with a little background of exactly what went on here. And admittedly, it's pretty confusing, and I might not have all the details right, but it's kind of fun to read up and think about it. I remember hearing in 2006, with all this stuff going down, just how fascinating it was, the relationship between Marvel and Toy Biz. Because it's really weird to think about Toy Biz losing the Marvel license, because after all, Toy Biz bought Marvel. Well, it's a little confusing. Let's see. So forming under the name Toy Biz in 1988, you may have first seen this logo on the DC superhero figures in the 1989 Batman film. Of course, we know Kenner would acquire that Batman license about a year later and come out with the Dark Knight collection, which left Toy Biz able to go off and make Marvel toys in 1990, a transition that would shape its ultimate future. Now, in 1993, Toy Biz's license for Marvel characters ended up being royalty-free, but Marvel ended up with a big chunk of Toy Biz's equity. This is when Ava Arad got involved with Toy Biz and with Marvel's animation studio. Marvel's financial troubles led to them filing for bankruptcy in late 1996. Well, long story short, Toy Biz, under Ava Arad's co-ownership, bought Marvel. As a result, Toy Biz and Marvel merged in 1998 to become Marvel Enterprises. And in 2007, Toy Biz was officially renamed Marvel Toys. Which brings us back to the question, how did Toy Biz lose the license? See, when Marvel Enterprises was formed, that left Toy Biz Worldwide Limited as a separate entity that was essentially the manufacturing wing. Not owned by Marvel, but the manufacturing partner. You may notice that many of the last Toy Biz figures actually carried a different logo on the back that said Toy Biz Worldwide versus the familiar red and yellow Toy Biz logo. That's a completely different company, folks. The best explanation I've heard is that when the license went to Hasbro, it was for manufacturing. Marvel Toys, the company that you and I know as Toy Biz, would design the toys and continue to design at least the Legends line for some time for Hasbro. What switched is that Toy Biz Worldwide would simply no longer manufacture the toys. Again, Toy Biz Worldwide is a different entity from Toy Biz Incorporated that became Marvel Toys. So Marvel Toys would use Toy Biz Worldwide to source the manufacturing in China. That's where Hasbro came in the mix in 2007. Hasbro doesn't source manufacturing in China, they have manufacturing in China. So thus, technically a better control and quality in distribution of retail. Well, that was the thinking back in 2006. I'm sure we all have a much different opinion on Hasbro's distribution. Let me read a small excerpt from one of Marvel's financial reports from 2007. It reads, We had an agreement with Toy Biz Worldwide since 2001 under which we licensed to them the right to use the Marvel characters other than characters based on the Spider-Man movies in producing and selling action figures and accessories and certain other toys. The license also permitted Toy Biz Worldwide to use our Toy Biz brand name. Under a separate agency agreement, we provided product development, marketing, and sales services for Worldwide in exchange for a service fee. We received royalties and service fees from Worldwide based on their sales of Marvel-designed toys produced and sold by Toy Biz Worldwide. On December 23, 2005, we terminated both the license and agency agreements with Toy Biz Worldwide effective January 1, 2006, one year ahead of their scheduled expiration date. Wow, weird stuff, huh? Well, I'll leave it at that this time. Perhaps your head is spinning around a little bit like mine is. So next time we talk, I'll bring everyone up to speed on my movie poster project and go a little bit into Hasbro's earlier movie lines like Iron Man 1. Well, thanks, everybody. I'll catch you next time. Well, finally this week, I wanted to talk about a couple of figures I got that are just a little larger than six inches. Because sometimes six inches just isn't enough. Don't brag. <laughs> Thanks to our good friend Zach Oat at Diamond Select. It's a stormy season over here. I went to the mail one day and got a box, leading to Marjorie's sarcastic, What'd you order now? And it turned out to be an unexpected and very kind gift. The Marvel Select Storm... And the short-haired variant store. Hmm, very cool. And so I've been adding these to my X-Men roster. These are the smaller Marvel Select figures. You know, I know we talk a lot about the larger ones, like the Abomination, Juggernauts, and things like that. These are a little bit smaller, but they focus a bit more on the articulation. Storm has ankle articulation, double-hinged knees, swivel hips, wrists... Single-hinged elbows, 
their shoulder articulation, but she's got this hard plastic cape, so you can't really do a whole lot with the shoulders. That's always a problem with Storm, is her cape is always in her way. And then a ball-jointed head. These smaller figures come with these detailed backdrops. The larger figures, I remember when I first got Juggernaut, I'm like, oh, he comes with a piece of cardboard that's much smaller. It comes up to his knee. <laughs> But Storm and these other X-Men come with a backdrop that's a classic danger room. This has walls with a buzzsaw coming out of it and shooting flames from the top. Yeah, they use parts of the danger room in, in a few of the figures. I remember the Cyclops had a danger room backdrop as well. Yeah, he had the wall crushing him. And you can put these together and really make a nice danger room display that has some real size to it. I mean, compared to even the Marvel Legends, the Diamond Select figures can start taking up space really quickly and becoming a real nice display. And I want to give them some props on the paint they used on her gold cape. The trim on her cape and on her wrists is a wonderful metallic gold, and the glossiness of her cape, it is just so shiny. They did do a really good job on the cape for not having a cloth cape, which I don't know how that would work on these kinds of figures. And really, the Marvel figures don't have soft goods. No. Normally. I mean, I can't think of an MU figure with soft goods at all. But this is a pretty good substitute. It is preformed, so you can't wing it or do it however you want. But that's okay, because this one works. She's also in that, that outfit that you like so much, Arnie. Does she have another outfit? She has a lot of outfits. Oh. Actually, this outfit is... It's a little revealing. It's one that Diamond chose to go for. When I heard they were doing a variant hairstyle, I thought for sure they'd be doing Mohawk Storm, which I, of course, love Punk Storm from the 80s of Secret Wars. But Zach pointed out she never had the Mohawk in this outfit. So with the outfit they gave her to be comic accurate, she has the long flowing hair, and then she has a second hairstyle that's a bit more of a bob. Yeah, it's kind of like a grandma perm or something. It's... Honestly, it, it looks like a bagworm. I was thinking it looks like if she had the long hair, but then she had to go work as a fry cook and put on the hairnet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a weird hair choice. <laughs> and it makes the head look totally different. Looking at it, I think it's a totally different sculpted face. It's mostly the same, but the eyes look a little bigger. The eyebrows look a little different. The face looks more round. It may be an optical illusion completely created by the different hair, but it gives the face an entire different look. It does. It certainly does. I I haven't seen the regular version close up enough to, to make a call on that, but it, it changes the look and feel drastically. Now, the way they did this, the exclusive one shipped one per case, whereas the regular one shipped five per case, but... I really like the look of this figure. It may not have all the posability because of the cape. It also doesn't stand too well. She's got these really tall stiletto heels on. Would you call those stiletto? Yes. Okay. I don't know my women's heels very well, so. Well, they're boots. But With someone like Storm, it might have been cool if there had been a way to, to fix her to the wall to make her look as if, as if she was levitating or floating a little bit rather than try to stand her on those stiletto boots. Well, they did bring us a figure stand with this, so you can use the peg holes in the bottom of her feet and get her to stand there. The pegs are a little bit close together, and you do have to use both for good balance, so I do wonder if that would warp the legs over time, but it provides a good stability. Yeah, having her have some kind of secret peg hole in the back to create a flying motion with this danger room would be awesome. But I'll say the danger room looks fun when assembled. It becomes this nice corner that you can put right next to another one. And the jutting out weapons are kind of nice. But the danger room itself is kind of thin, and I don't know that it could actually support her. They'd have to really add heft to it if they were going to have her in some kind of pose. It it barely sticks together. If I bump it, the pieces tend to want to come undone. I've just been working and trying to get it situated just right. Truly is a danger room. OSHA would not be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then another X-Man just came out a couple weeks ago. And this one is Nightcrawler. I got him at free comic book day at Slackers in St. Louis when all action figures were 20% off. And this one is so cool. He does not come with the danger room. Instead, he comes with a translucent purple base so he can look like he's bamfing. 
See, it says Bamf on the front. That's how he teleports. Wolverine snicks, and he bamfs. He looks like a vampire. The facial expression with the ears and things, yeah, there is a little bit of a vampiric look. It's the teeth. He's got fang. But they did such a good job with him. They gave him a ton of articulation with, again, double-jointed knees, good articulation ankles. They're not ankle rockers, but they have a wide range of motion. Ball-jointed and swivel hips elbows, and mid-forearm articulation that hides itself very well due to the very dark paint they gave him. And the paint, just a great shade of plasticky red that contrasts with the midnight blue of the outfit, and then a good wash of blue on his face that, yeah, it's a little smurfy as a base color, but then they went over it and kind of gave it a mottled appearance with a darker blue hue and then glowing yellow eyes. I'm really impressed with this figure for its look and its articulation. So help me God, his eyes were yellow. (laughs) Do we know if there's any variations on this or variants on this? This would be a great one to do the same thing that Hasbro did with Nightcrawler, which is making him partially bamfing with some translucent purple plastic in there. Yeah, at this point, they've only done the one, but, you know, every so often they take one and make it a Disney Store exclusive with a slight difference or some more translucent or metallic paint job or something, so... There's still hope. And while he doesn't come with the Danger Room, I've been looking online, a lot of people go ahead and pose him in the Danger Room sets with the others, so... It's a way to add more X-Men to that fun without having to add an entire other diorama piece. But what one of our listeners, William Millay, pointed out to me is now Diamond has made Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, Cyclops, Wolverine. If they added Thunderbird, you have the entire cover to giant-sized X-Men number one. Oh, yeah. Thunderbird didn't live very long. Spoiler alert for a comic that's, you know, 40 years old almost. (laughs) (laughs) But if they decided to ever go Thunderbird, you have that entire cover in Marvel Select Figures. I think that's something worth pointing out to them at Comic-Con. I would I would assume that they probably are somewhat aware and <laughs> are going to drop it on us sometime and be happy to complete a cover like that. Because that's a rare occurrence when you can complete a whole team in any line. I'd even be cool with them doing kind of what they did with the Spider-Man ones. They had the Disney box set where they had Agent Venom and Lizard for the first time, and then they did release those figures individually carded as well. But even if you had to buy... Especially Wolverine. He's kind of a harder one to get now, and Cyclops is a little bit harder to get. If they re-released Wolverine, Cyclops, and made you buy those repacks to get Thunderbird, that would be well worth it, because a lot of people missed out on those early ones when they were out before. Yep. And in a pinch, you could maybe even paint up the Marvel Universe one if you're really, really impatient. I'm waiting for Thunderbird to come out. So I have all these 8-inch figures and then a teeny-weeny little three and quarter inch Thunderbird. <laughs> the one who's supposed to be big. <laughs> so thanks to Diamond Select, I still think at this point, because of the regularity and the breadth of the characters, this is still holding as my favorite toy line, and I am so anxious for their upcoming Iron Man Mark 42 and War Machine. I can only hope that there's a repaint of Iron Patriot coming in the future. Yeah, that'll be the one that I go after. There's always Comic-Con and exclusives. (laughs) Very true. And, hey, Disney Store, they have not done any Disney Store exclusives yet this year. Last year, they were pounding us in the face with them. I imagine we'll get some soon. There's way too much going on in Marvel this year to not. Get pounded in the face. Yes. I hear you. We're all looking forward to it. (laughs) So that is our show for this week. Remember to go ahead to iTunes and give us a review, a five-star review, we hope, if you're listening. And unless Hasbro surprises us by crapping a whole bunch of toys into stores in the next week, we're going to start our look at high-end Marvel collectibles. So this is another chance, your last chance, most likely, to get us that voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 
or send an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. And if you don't have anything to say about high-end statues, tell us what you think about Marvel Select Figures, Hasbro Legends. Unload upon us about assemblers. We want to hear from you. So, all that and more. And Matt Damon on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Website photo editing by Jen and Jeff. Podcast enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Hello and welcome to issue, uh, is it issue? Yeah, it is. Coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, did you fart? That was a box. You know it was a box. You saw me move the box. <laughs> it sounds like a fart, though. Doesn't it? See? Arnie's that got one some, did. Arnie's got some wind. It's, I thought it sounds like the monster's door. I don't know what that sounds like. Good evening. <laughs> we have Jerry joining us with a vintage... We have Jerry joining us with a timely review. This gets so... F- Confusing. <laughs> that was a good catch. <laughs> well, Funko has announced, get this, hold on to your seats, because the page is still loading. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's the wrong link. <laughs> All that suspense pissed away. <laughs> Because 10 is still 150 or more in pop vinyls. Yeah, 15 bucks a pop. (laughs) (laughs) And now we have a title for this. But I do think there's a Hulk. One says, don't make this... Oh, wait, no, he's evil. So, nope, not him. It says, don't make this evil pop angry or he'll go metallic on you. Hmm. Well, they're boots, but... They're stripper shoes. Oh, no, not at all. Strippers don't wear boots like that. Sometimes they wear thigh-high boots. Mm. (laughs) And with... And pointy ears like a vampire. Well, not... Name a vampire that had pointy ears since Nosferatu. I thought they all had pointy ears. I thought that was what they were supposed to have. No, Vulcans have pointy ears. Well, they're the same. (laughs) 